1: Hello and welcome to the Career Confidant and if you are listening today you're probably either working with people who are in active job search or maybe you yourself are in active job search and uh, as everyone's talking about taking time off for the holidays you're probably trying to weigh that decision. Do I take time off or do I work on my job search and there is huge benefit to taking some time off and that will help fuel your fire for strategy and so today I'm going to give you a master class if you will in job search and these are the topics this is the information that I share with coaches during our hidden job market class obviously I can't give you everything because it's six 90 minute classes but you're going to get the high points the tactics the strategies that will make you more effective in your job search. And hopefully this will be an opportunity to dissect and really be introspective about your job search and what you want to do differently. We're going to start at the top. And we're going to give you the tools that you need to be more effective in your job search. So you probably have heard this term running around the hidden job market. And I got to tell you, the number one thing that most of my coach students don't really understand about the hidden job market is that it isn't just positions that aren't advertised. This confuses people. It it makes us feel like, you know, people are trying to hide things from us. And the name says that. What the job hidden job market really is, is how people get hired. So even though a position may be posted, more than 40% of employers prefer a referral for that position. So the position is posted, it's not hidden. But how the person actually gets hired is still through a referral. And that's where this hidden job market comes in. You've probably seen the statistics that 75% of people find their job through networking. And you think, well, how is that true when there's all these positions posted? And that comes back to this data around people liking referrals. So 30% of the workforce is hired from referrals. And 70% of employees feel that referrals are a better fit for their company's value. So this is 2020 job fight study telling us and, and lots of things to back it up that people would rather hire someone that a current employee or someone else that's close to the employer refers this candidate in says, hey, I've worked with this person, they're a great person to work with, et cetera, and that person gets hired. So when we're thinking about job search, our number one goal is how can we become known in this organization, preferably before they post a position? And that seems kind of outlandish, right? Doesn't the whole job search work where someone posts a job and I apply? Not really, (laughs) because people prefer to hire someone that someone already knows. However, this does not mean it's impossible for you to do this. It just takes a little bit of strategy. And I'm going to walk you through that strategy today. It is not a mystery. It's not, um, you know, it's not a secret. It's just a process, and it may feel a little bit less straightforward than going on and applying online. But you have less than 10%, closer to like 4% chance of getting a job when you apply cold, when you don't know anyone there, when no one there knows you. You have a 4% chance. So although applying online may feel productive, it really isn't. You don't want to stop doing it. We'll talk kind of at the end of our session today about how to do it more effectively. You don't want to stop doing it, but you've got to realize that your chances of getting those positions is incredibly low. And we'll talk about some of that here in just a minute. So job search happens when we connect to people. People hire people. Don't let the technology get in the way of that truth. People hire people. And they hire people that they know or that someone else they know knows. Because that decreases our risk. And especially right now, especially in smaller businesses, risk is huge. If we hire the wrong person, we could lose. It takes... On average, it takes about the same amount as someone's annual salary to hire and onboard them. Time lost, recruiting dollars, all of those things. So that is a huge risk for a business owner. That's why they prefer referrals. So here are here's how we get there. Step one, as with anything, focus. Why? Because you can't network, you can't, be proactive if you're not focused. If you are looking to get a job fast, the fastest job search is going to be in the industry where you are, in the same role that you're in. So if you are an engineer in cars, automotive, the closest you can stay to that, the fastest your job will so job search will be. Second fastest is to switch your and industry, industry, but not your role. So if you are an engineer and you were in an automotive and you feel like automotive is dried up, what's the closest kind of industry that you can stay in that might be doing better where you can make that transition? Third fastest is to stay in the same industry, but change roles. So if you're an engineer in cars, automotive And you got laid off, but you feel like there's more marketing jobs in automotive or product development or whatever it might be, transition within that same industry. Longest search is to change both role and industry. Usually requires some kind of education, not impossible by any means and and might be a great goal. But if you're looking for a job fast, if you're unemployed and worried about making ends meet like many of us are right now, that's not going to be the, the best choice for right now doesn't mean that we can't set our sights for that in the future. Why this is so important is because when you apply to a job, especially online, but even even if you come in as a referral, people want people that have the experience and can hit the ground running. It reduces their risk, it reduces their hiring time, all of those things. So they want someone that has the experience they're looking for. If you are applying online, you really don't want to spend your time applying online if you don't have 75 80% of the qualifications that that job is asking for. Be careful about undervaluing yourself. You're really looking for those transitional skills and can you translate what you've done into that skill set? If so, then it counts towards the 80%. But you don't want to take a job that is a stretch and apply online. That's something you gotta network towards different job search strategies than applying online for those positions that you're not really qualified for. So sit down, look at those job descriptions, be honest with yourself, not undervaluing or you know, stretching. What what do you have? What do you what can you meet? And then how can you demonstrate that you meet it? And make sure that that's on your resume, clear as day, spelled out, you know, with the detail that needs to be there so that people can see that you have that in your your background. And when we're getting to our focus, it's really about what industry and what role. And the more clear you can be on those focuses, focus, areas of focus, the easier it will be for you to job search. And by all means, please, when somebody asks you what type of job you're searching for, even if you're kind of wiggly, be clear. I just wrote someone and asked, you know, what type of work is, is your husband searching for? Because she posted on one of our Facebook groups that her husband's looking for work. Well, I don't know. He's doing this and he could do that. No, I can't help you. I cannot help you. when that's what you tell me. What role, what industry, or at a minimum, what role? Customer service, IT. She kind of mentioned both of those things, which is good. But the more focused you are, especially when you're looking at job descriptions and when you're telling people what you're looking for, the better off you'll be. People can't help you if you're too open because they don't know how. That's our kind of dichotomy is we think, ooh, if we're open, people will be able to find more opportunities for us. But the truth is that if you're open, I have no idea how to help you. If you tell me you're in IT, I start to think of all the people I know in IT. Tell me you're in customer service, I start to think about all the people I know in customer service. But when you don't know, I don't know anything how to help you. Be specific, be clear, choose one or two areas of focus to share with people when they ask you that question, and then those areas of focus will play into this very important foundational tool that you need for your job search, and this is your target list. I talk to people about their target list a lot, and the challenge that most people have with the target list is that they don't understand what to do with it. So we're going to go through that very specifically. What do you do with this target list and how do you put it together? So your target list are the organizations that you are interested in working for. Now remember we said that people want a referral. They want someone that people already know. And you want to be that known candidate before a position is posted. The only way you can do that is to write down a list of target companies and start networking towards those target companies very strategically so that you're a known entity when they post something and it actually works better if they don't have something posted right now because then you can become that known entity before something is posted so don't let that stop you by all means you're looking for companies that are in that industry or, or two or three industries that you're interested in Obviously, you can look at geographic target. You don't have to have a geographic target now because so many positions are hiring remote. If you don't have a geographic target, then you've got to be even clearer about your industry, company size, you know what's going to define that target company for you. Otherwise, you have a challenge of being able to create a list because the pool is too large. So we need some defining characteristics and uh, I've got a whole show on the target list and how to develop your target list. I'll drop that into the article on this topic um, and I've also got an entire show on the successful secrets of job seekers that Alexander levitt came on and did in April. So those would be good things to go back and touch base with if you're, if you're having challenges there. But this is your first step. Put together this target list and of companies some people say have 10 and really dig into those companies say some people say have 50 you're going to figure out what works for you i want you to have at least 10 if you have fewer than that it's going to start to feel like there aren't enough fish in the sea and i don't want you to have any more than 50 50 is on the large large end because too many to manage what i do want you to do is start brainstorming these companies in an Excel spreadsheet, uh, whatever you use. Write down the names of the companies and never delete anything. If you find out a company is not a good fit, have some sort of system where you move it to the bottom. But what happens to me is if you delete it, then I'm like, oh, did we already look at this company? Yes, and it wastes time. So start to get organized, start to create your target list. These are companies that you'd love to work for and you're going to start networking into and we're going to talk about how to do that when we come back from the break. So we'll be back in just a few minutes.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: That's getcareersmart.com or call 800 521 2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation.
1: Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum dot com.
2: Business Channel From the boardroom to you Voice America Business Network.
1: welcome back to the career confidant and today we're doing our little masterclass in job search so we are talking about target lists building your target list uh the session that i was referring to is actually from 331 of 2014 great places to work beyond the magazines if you want a deep dive into how to find companies to add to your target list you go back and listen to that show and then just this april um april 20th April 20th of 2020, Alexandra Levitt came on and talked about the secrets of successful job seekers. And that will give you some of the data behind why this hidden job market thing works. So let's talk a little bit about what in the heck you do with this target list. You create this list of of organizations. Why? What do you what do you want to do with it? So. When you're building your list, start with the companies that you already know, those jobs you've already applied to, the companies that you'd love to work for. Then you can search for competitors of those companies. You can do that, you know, in Google, competitor of Pepsi, and obviously all those companies are going to come up. New companies that you can gain from research, you can go back and listen to that session if you want to dive a little deeper there. And then, of course, when you're watching the the posted positions doesn't necessarily have to be a great fit position it may be hey that's a neat company I'm going to start networking towards that company and just see if there might be an opportunity there for me that is a better fit so one of the ways that you can use those job advertisements that you're getting is to find more companies to add to your list and then just very basic, you know, you go on Google Maps, do a search for the keywords that you're interested in, see what comes up, and then there's a lot of other ways. Obviously, the best places to work list, the Forbes list, some of those things can be great. Sometimes professional associations have directories that you can use, and, and that can help you get started in building your list. Again, it's you decide how long you want your list to be might be 10 and you're really going to dive deep into those might be 50 because you want to feel like you have a lot of opportunities and you can experiment and see what works best for you so on that note let's take a little break here and talk about mindset mindset in job search is a challenge because one we want there to be an exact science could somebody just please give me the formula for finding a job right and that doesn't work. It doesn't it just doesn't work that way. And I tell my coaches this, you know, the biggest way we lose credibility with our clients is pretending that there's a, a formula. There is a strategy. There are strategies that you can employ. But the strategy is going to be different for each individual job search and the type of work that they're looking for. So a lot of times you might see someone posting, you know, this is it. This is how you find a job. And they're talking in the tech world or they're talking in healthcare, or whatever it might be. They're talking executive. Every type of role is hired differently. Networking works for all roles, but it's going to look different for different industries, different levels of role. And as we'll talk about here in just a minute, for your personality, because otherwise networking doesn't work if you try to do it the way that so-and-so said to do it. You've got to figure out how to make it work for yourself. And you've got to figure out which way you want to do it. The great thing is there's lots of different ways to do it. The hard thing is there's lots of ways to do it. And so no one can tell you exactly how to do it. Which, when you're job searching and something doesn't seem to be working, you've got to know, when do I say this isn't working and I need to do something different? It's like an experiment. And you probably don't want to hear that because we want it to be, you know, step one, step two, step three. And in some ways, I'm going to give you some steps today. But those steps are going to circle back on each other. It's circular, it's messy, and it's an experiment. What's going to work for you? You can put some strategies together, start experimenting with them, and then keep track of what seems to be working and what's not working. Don't give yourself excuses of, oh, networking's not working, so I'm going to go back and apply online. That's defying the data. (laughs) You do want to pay attention to what type of networking, when do I get good feedback, when do I get people to respond, those types of data collection so that you can refine your search as you go and have that growth mindset of how am I going to learn from this and do it better versus this isn't working, everybody's horrible, I'm horrible, I'm done. And some days we all feel like that. We get back onto that growth mindset path and and we move forward. Once, so let's just kind of go through here. We talked about your job target, positions, roles. Knowing your industries and geographies help you narrow down that target list arena so that you can create a good list. Also thinking about the type of environment What's the workplace culture going to look like? Those types of things. Then you create your target list. And then you start networking towards that target list. And there are two different schools of thought here. And I'm going to go through both schools of thought. And I don't think there's an or. It's an and. And when you do each or how you do each will depend on you and your personality and how you want to make this work for you so the one school of thought is that you network towards your target companies through the people that already know like and trust you this gives you that referral hey these people already know me they're going to connect me to the next level the people that they know that I don't know and then I'm going to be able to move through that network. It, it, and it connects those loose ties. It connects those to your purpose, those target companies. You want to start with people that know you in a work capacity because they're the most beneficial, weak ties, if you will. Colleagues that might be able to introduce you to other colleagues that they know that are in or used to be in or have some affinity to your target list. I like this one for most of my job seekers because most of us struggle with cold calling. And this gives us that option to go through our warm network who already know, like, and trust us and have them make those introductions to people that are in our target companies or a closer degree of separation to our target companies. So someone who used to work there, someone that knows other people that works there, et cetera. That's our goal. So we identify what I call our champions. These champions are the people that already know, like, and trust us and have that ability to introduce us to other people. We go to those champions, we talk to them about what we're looking for and we start to to use that target list as a connector because that target list is telling our sponsors or is telling our champions who we're looking to be introduced to now here's the false thinking that comes in here is if i send a list of five to ten companies to the people that know like and trust me that's all they're going to think about no 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 that just gives them direction it gives them food for thought and most of the time they will come up with other options well hey, i don't know anybody at those companies but have you thought about x it gives them a jumping off point to be able to explore your target companies with you. So that is the number one most powerful way to use your target list, to share that target list with people that already know, like and trust you, especially those people who are in your industry that have network in your in your target industry, target roles already, so that they might be able to make those connections on your behalf, and they're willing to do so because they already know, like, and trust you. So that is my favorite way to use your target list. The other school of thought on using your target list is to go directly after people that work in your target companies, approach them cold, and ask them for an opportunity to talk about their company. And and this can work. It, it definitely does work. It just takes a little bit more bold approach if you like that bold approach if you feel comfortable with that and sometimes people feel more comfortable with that because they're uncomfortable telling the people that already know like and trust them what's going on and that's fine and you can do both so when I work with my clients a lot of times we'll kind of work through their champion network first and then we'll move on to okay let's approach some of these people cold because we didn't get um, a response we didn't get anybody from our network who could introduce us to these companies and that cold approach of, of sending a linkedin invitation or whatever it might be to get in to talk to those cold approaches can be very helpful so those are two ways that you can use your target list the third way is that you can start building your affinity to the company on social media. So follow them, comment on their posts, engage with the people who are posting from their company, get to know some of those folks. People are kind of hungry, especially on company pages on LinkedIn um, and maybe even on, on Twitter. People are hungry for people to engage with their posts. So it may be the marketing person for that company who's on Twitter but they're going to like that you're engaging with them. You might be able to build some rapport and then ask some questions about the company and have that as your ability to connect and and building that affinity through social media. Don't just follow, engage with the, the company posts. You can... Um, You can, you know, try to go to some virtual networking events where people from those companies might be. If there's professional association networking events, that can be a good place to go and see if some of those folks from your target list are there. I work with my clients to be as strategic as possible when we're talking about that. And we'll go in depth in that in just a few more minutes after the break. You want to be strategic there because you can waste a lot of time in networking events if we aren't careful about really thinking, is anyone from my target company is going to be here? And then figuring out how we can use those affinity groups, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn groups, to connect with people from the company, comment on their posts, engage so that we can build that relationship. So those are just a few ways that you can use that target list once you have it developed. The most important two ways, most likely, well, three, doing your conversations through the people that already know, like, and trust you to get introductions, doing the reach outs to people like maybe through LinkedIn to reach out, connect, do research on the company. And then, of course, you're still going to be applying to job ads that you see those companies post. You want to have a schedule to check those companies' websites so that you don't miss something that you're a great fit for. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, dive into some of the specific strategies for those that you can do with your target list. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: Today we live in a truly global
1: environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world.
2: How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide
1: resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time
0: on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online
0: television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are doing our master class in job search. So we talked a little bit about getting your target list together and then the things that you can do with your target list and the two-pronged networking approach that you can take to both reach out to people who already know, like, and trust you and then to also reach out to people directly at your target companies for those target company research conversations. What's going on at the company? What's new? We'll talk about what those conversations might look like here in just a second. So, Here we get to a little bit of a timeout to think about how we're going to plan and keep track of all of these things. Because if you're going to be reaching out to people on LinkedIn and then you're going to be reaching out to people on on your network, how are you going to manage all of that? So with your target company list, I'd encourage you to have some other kind of, of plan or list where you keep track of your networking activities who are you talking to? What are they saying? When are you following up? It, it, how are you managing and, and tracking that? You can do it in a spreadsheet. You can you know, use a, a, a system to track that. Most important thing for me is that you're tracking your networking direction. So most people talk to people and they don't move the conversation to the next level. So if you're talking to someone that you already know, like, and trust, and you're asking them who do they know in your target companies or what other companies should you be looking at, they're going to give you information, and you're going to take that to the next level. So if they give you an introduction, you're following up with that, and you're moving that token, if you will, on that target company to the next step by talking to someone who's closer, who used to work there, or maybe does work there. And you're having a conversation with that person. And then you're maintaining that relationship and seeing if there's other levels, other people that they know that you should talk to, or other companies they think you should look at. And you're always giving every single person in every conversation you have, you're giving them multiple ways to help you information, advice, names of companies, names of people, when you don't offer multiple ways that they can help you, it gets really uncomfortable. And that's when your networking activities tend to to slow, because people don't know how to help you, or they don't feel comfortable helping you in the way that you're asking. And so the approach starts to deteriorate and the relationship starts to deteriorate and that's what we don't want your relationships to do that's why networking is uncomfortable for a lot of people because they think that they're asking for help and that's a good thing but they're not doing it in a way that the person can help them so you're always thinking about relationship connection mutual benefit so you're always asking how you can help that person and then who do they know that you can talk to in these companies what other companies might they suggest and what other advice would they give to someone who's looking to get into this company or this industry all the always giving away that anybody you're talking to could help you will help you be successful in this process you're sharing your target list That gives them lots of companies to think about. It's not about, hey, I want to work there. I want to work at your company. And if you can't help me get a job at your company, this is unsuccessful, right? That's way too much pressure and it feels negative for most people. So using those different ways to to drive the conversation towards something that's helpful for you, because any of the answers to any of those questions are going to be helpful for you but it gives them a lot of different ways to to help you. As you're doing your conversations, both with your champions and with the people who work at the companies you want to work at, those are key. You're giving them lots of opportunities to help you. You're being clear and specific about what it is that you want to do. And you are asking questions to learn about them, to let them talk, asking for advice. What do they enjoy about the industry? What are they seeing as, as trends in the industry? What's going on in their everyday work right now? Finding those opportunities to ask questions that build relationship. Because this isn't just about, you know, can you help me get a job? It's about you in this industry that you work in, building a network and building relationships and these can be things that help you further down the road and it can be relationships where you get to help these people that you're talking to down the road it's not a one-way street if it feels like a one-way street there's a different way to do it so go back and reevaluate how you're approaching it the types of questions that you're asking so that you can come at it from a different angle so these are some points that I love from Kimberly Specht who uh, wrote a book all about this no like and trust factor. and she just she's great. So um, if you ever want to build likability with someone quickly, here are a few of her tips. Research your connections. No, it's not creepy. You're looking for opportunities to find relatability, to find things that you have in common. You want to look for public information, obviously. LinkedIn, best place because people expect people to be looking at them professionally on LinkedIn. Some people are a little creeped out if you're looking for them on, um, on you know, looking at their Facebook account. So use LinkedIn to do that research and see what you have in common. Find ways to offer value for them. So be competent and prepared with the questions that you're going to ask. People love to talk. They love to talk about what they do. So they're going to be happy to have those conversations if you come in prepared and, remember, prepared with a few different ways that they can help you so that it doesn't get awkward. Make sure that you're smiling, even on the phone, especially on video it's really all about your attitude and connecting and bringing that positive energy and i can't tell you how many conversations i have (laughs) probably a week where someone says to me some version of you know hey you're so articulate a few small keys for that when you're on the phone or on the video silence is your friend when you don't know what to say just stop talking Pay attention to your fillers, your ums, your ands, so tends to be mine. When you use those words a lot, people start to think that you're unprepared. And usually it's just that we're nervous. Train yourself, listen to yourself, even in your daily conversations with people. The more that you can stop talking when you're done, think and then talk again, the easier it will be for, for you to impress people. And sometimes I'm surprised at how easy it seems to, to be impressive in the way that you come across simply by asking a lot of questions that are well thought out, listening, and being careful with your, your speech that not using a whole bunch of filler words. Remember how it feels to help. People like to help each other. And this is something that a lot of us struggle with, me included. Asking for help always feels like an imposition. I have to remind myself that if I never ask for help, then people never get to help and it feels good to help. Connect with people in a way that makes sense for them. Would they rather talk over the phone? Maybe they're zoomed out right now. Ask how they want to connect. Follow their lead. And then have that conversation that really puts them at the center, asking questions about their experience, their expertise. And of course, you're going to gain from that just through the the course of the conversation. So those are some keys to likability. And building trust really is more simple than we like to make it. It just takes time. Do we show up? Are we on time? Do we communicate well? Do we deliver? Are we asking questions and answering questions that really build that relationship? So if it's all too surface level for either party, it starts to feel like we're not really connecting here. So being that connector, asking questions and being able to share a little bit about yourself, but not overshare, finding that balance And then can you make someone else's concern your main concern? This is that other-centeredness of trust-building. That if it's all about me and me finding a job and I need a job, it's going to be hard for people to connect with you. How can you connect? What are some common themes, challenges, wins, backgrounds, That you can connect and find that commonality and then build on it, ask questions, get to know the person, and not just share how they can help you, but really look for ways and and seek out ways that you might be able to help them as well. When you're networking, it's not all about finding a job, you're learning about the industry, you're learning about the companies. You're learning pain points and trends that you might address in your marketing materials, your cover letter, your resume. You're making those new relationships in your industry so that you can move yourself forward. And we're starting with the people that we already know, having them introduce us to that next level so that we can talk to those people and Maybe if they're in the company, we're having a conversation about the company. Maybe if they're not, we're having another similar conversation about industry, etc., cetera, and then taking that deeper. Or you can have those same kinds of conversations with people that you reach out cold on LinkedIn who work at your target companies, and you're asking them about the industry, trends, whatever is appropriate for their level their you know their job what advice would they have what companies might they recommend so that you can have a bigger picture conversation and build that relationship and build that rapport we're going to take a short break and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about your networking style and the ways that you can make <laughs> make the best of virtual networking events We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
2: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network
0: That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Marie at a strategic Now back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are doing our job search. Super class, master class on how to move through your job search strategy. So you've got your target list. You start doing your networking, two-pronged approach, going through your champion network, people that already know, like, and trust you, connecting with them, and and giving them the information they need to connect you to the next level of connections that closer to your target list. And going directly to the people in your target list and cold call, connecting to them, seeing what might be able to to come out of that. Similar conversations with both of those folks where you're really going through talking about what you have in common, knowing and having clarity around what you're looking for, what you do best. Asking great questions about the, them and their industry so that you can have a big picture conversation. And that's really important, having that big picture conversation. Then, of course, you're going to do your follow-up, stay connected with them, but keep that bigger picture focus. It's not just about your job. It's about being a colleague in the industry or being a friend if they're one of your champions who knows, like, and trust you and, and having that relationship. So we are having a lot of virtual events and we don't see really any end in sight in the US to this virtual event thing. I'm a little bit jealous of my friends in Australia who are having in-person events right now, but that is not happening here for us in, in the US for a while. So what can we do instead? Well, we can do the best we can do with virtual events so with a virtual event our goal is to make connections just like it is in an in-person event and we're going to do as many of of the things that we can do to make that happen so before you want to go to these events you want to make sure it's a place where people you want to meet are actually going to be there that's the strategic part is it a professional industry event is it a you know, maybe a networking learning event that you know is attended by people in the industry. You want to be thoughtful about that so that you're not using your precious resource of time and, and Zoom, Zoom, Zoomergy, Zoom energy. Um, and then you want to have a plan. What do you want to learn? What do you want to talk about? What are your topics of interest? And in some ways, virtual events are a little bit better in this because there is a focus. We know what the virtual event is going to be. We know it's an industry event or whatever it might be. What do you want to share? So these are your sound bites. And I'm not huge on elevator pitches, but you do want to be able to answer questions, have uh, things that you're interested in, and even questions to ask other people if you're going to an event what might those questions look like and for those of us who are a little bit more introverted you think ahead so the more you can look at the speaker and what they've already talked about or the industry you'll have some ideas of questions that you might want to ask because here's the thing about building visibility virtually is that you have to interact you have to engage or nobody knows you're there Even if you're on video, which I highly recommend if there's an option to be on video, be on video, that makes you visible. Even if you're on video, if you never say anything or you don't type in the chat, you might as well not have attended. Sometimes that's okay if you're just there to learn and that's the energy that you can bring that day. There's nothing wrong with that. If you really want to use that virtual event to network, you have to engage. Ask a question, respond to a question, connect somehow. Connect to other people that might be there that you already know, or, you know, kind of the lowest level of engagement. If people, other people are engaging, connect with them on LinkedIn. Hey, I enjoyed your comment on this event today. Would love to connect here on LinkedIn. You start a conversation if you're thoughtful and capture those comments. If you're in Zoom and the person turns it on, you can capture comments by clicking at the bottom where you chat put who you want to chat to, there's usually three dots to the right. You can click on those and save the chat. Sometimes the presenters turn that off. So you might have to write down in a separate Word document or notepad in front of you the person and their comment so that you can connect to them later, mention their comment, and be able to start a conversation. If you're just there and listening and watching, and even if you're on video, it's not going to be a networking opportunity. If you want to make it a networking opportunity, find a way to engage. Ask questions, share, engage with the people that are are doing those things. Great question. Would love to know more about that too. It's the lowest level thing, but you it's better than nothing that you can do those comments and really engage. Use the chat, speak if you have an opportunity, be on video if you have the opportunity, and then follow up, connect on LinkedIn, follow up, ask for one-on-one meetings if it's appropriate, you know, hey, I'd love to learn more about the work that you're doing, so that you can have those opportunities to really connect with people outside of the big meeting that's where the magic happens, right? And we know that in a face-to-face conference. Well, one of my mentors always used to say that, like, don't spend too much time in the sessions because the magic happens in the hallway, (laughs) right? You want to be out in that hallway connecting with people and in a virtual event, it's really no different that you want to be out there in the hallway in the chat having questions and then you've got to do the follow-up afterwards to really connect. So... What are, what do you want to ask? When I think about these questions and, you know, how does this work? How does this look when you're talking to people? It always depends a little bit on their level. If they're a high level person, talk strategy. They'll love it, right? What's going on in the industry? What do they see coming next? Big picture people love those questions if it's a project manager more kind of executor type what are some of their biggest challenges what do you know what are they doing right now what are some of the best solutions that they've they've found recently they're going to talk tech or talk whenever you can get people talking about those things that they're really excited about and in engaged in They'll lose track of time. They'll think you're great. Even if you said nothing, they'll think you're great because you gave them time and space and good listening to talk about something that they love. And very few people, very few of us get that opportunity that often to have that engagement around a topic that we really enjoy So if you can listen, and this is why it's great when people comment on a virtual event, because you see that they're passionate about something, and then you can follow up on that, have a conversation, engage with them around that topic, and it's going to be a goldmine. They're going to love being able to talk about it, and and it's an easy opportunity for you to help them feel better. They feel good because they had the opportunity to engage with someone on that topic. Your whole goal is to move the the chess piece, if you will, from away out external to the, your target companies to internal. So you're connecting with people that might be able to connect you to someone who works in the target company, and you're trying to build those relationships so that when they post a position. They will say, hey, I know X, Y, or Z. I interacted with them on a virtual event. And you can actually follow up with that person and say, hey, just wanted to let you know that I put my application in for this role. You may not have uh, you know, seen that it was posted, but I'm really excited after talking with you about the opportunity to maybe, maybe join your organization. You have to have the relationship first. You can fast track it by cold calling. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it flops. You can work it through your network and it it might take a little bit more time, but you've got that warm introduction. That's the hidden job market. And you might say, Marie, that just sounds like a ton of work. Well, you could also fill out 200 online applications, 4% chance of getting those jobs. It does depend on your industry and you do want to apply for those positions that you are, that you are qualified for you don't want to let those go by it's a two-pronged approach in many ways two-pronged networking approach and then you're also doing the online applications for those jobs that you're a good fit you don't want to let those slip away make sure you're at least 80 percent qualified target your resume and your cover letter to that job use the language they're using and follow up in whatever way they don't tell you not to If they say don't call, send an email, follow up on LinkedIn, do whatever you can do to follow up so that you can get that application seen and build that rapport and those relationships. We'll look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant.